Hello, everyone. <laughs> Is that okay? All right. Hi. Um, my name is Arif. I'm Josh. And we are here live at Next Academy um, doing a live Q&A webinar. And our topic for today is how to be a coder. So for those of you who are joining us today, thank you so much. We appreciate you joining us. And we, we have received some of your questions, and we're going to answer them today. All right. So um, before we get to our questions, um, uh, Josh, how about you just explain to everyone what exactly is coding? Um, so coding, you can think of it from different levels. Uh, I'll start off with talking about what exactly is coding and what can you do with coding. Um, coding is a skill, right? It's a skill to basically for you to write code uh, that computers can understand. And what does it mean to write code for computers to understand? Computers are actually very dumb machines. You know, we, we use computers every day. Our smartphone is a computer. Our laptops are computers. These days, you know, we are talking about um, aircrafts, cars, autonomous uh, aircrafts and, and cars. These are all actually computers. Um, writing code is really about writing instructions for computers to understand so that any given sort of like situation or scenario or input or data, whatever, the computer knows exactly what to do. So that's code. Um, the act of writing code is programming. Uh, so when we talk about learning how to code, you're basically learning how to write instructions for computers to know what to do. And it's a very powerful skill because ultimately it's, um, it represents a whole lot of opportunities for everyone's career, you know? Like, um, I think we are at that stage where um, things are rapidly changing, right? We, when you talk about an accountant, um, a lot of people think that being a software developer, it's a career of its own. But knowing how to code, it's going to become an essential, right? You can be an accountant, but you can write code to make your job better, more efficient, right? Uh, more efficient means, you know, you have more time for yourself and you get the same amount of output done. Um, that's the benefit of knowing how to code. Uh, I want to share one story about, you know, one of our students, one of our graduates who um, basically, you know, attended our full-time bootcamp and ultimately went on to become an auditor at uh, KPMG. Um, so his very sort of like first, first couple of weeks of uh, work, his manager gave him and his team a bunch of, um, a bunch of sort of like files to look at to look for specific transactions. And we're talking about like hundreds of thousands of lines, you know, to just go through to look for specific transactions. Very boring job, you know, very, very mundane. Nobody likes doing it. It's gonna take a lot of time. So he basically took the soft copy and with the soft copy, he wrote some code and it would just automatically identify the transactions. Um, and just because of that, you know, he saved a whole lot of time. Uh, not needing to do manual work. So that's the power of code. Um, can be applied to everything, can be applied to day-to-day -day job, can be applied to your sort of day-to-day -day personal life as, uh, uh, as well. So for example, if let's say you wanted to trade Bitcoin and you have a very specific of trading, let's say any, anything, right? Stocks, equities, uh, Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, you know how to make money from it. But you have to actively do work to make money from it. Um, if you know how to code, you can actually automate a lot of these strategies so that the computer would do it for you and you can be asleep, whatever not, and you know, work is still being done. 
All right. And that was a pretty, pretty deep uh, introduction here on my Josh. So let us start with our first question. So we actually got a lot of questions um, from people who just wanted to uh, start coding. Yeah. Um, so our first question comes from Atif. Atif19. Hope you're joining us. So his question is, I wanted to learn code, but I didn't know how to start. And I didn't have any basic knowledge about coding. So how can Atif start to learn coding? Okay, so everyone is a little different. Um, but you know, like for us at Next Academy, we have seen thousands of people learn how to code. Uh, and I personally myself, you know, I've been coding for about 10 years now. And um, I've also once been a beginner before. So I know what it's like, you know, like you don't know where to start, you know, even you go online, you search uh, how to learn how to code. There's gonna be a bunch of like resources and everyone has their own sort of like recommendation. Um, from our standpoint, uh, from Next Academy standpoint, um, I think it's a good idea depending on, you know, what level of interest you have. If let's say it's, you're really at the interest stage, you know, more like discovery. I think it's a good idea to know what you may want to achieve with it, right? Like if let's say you want to um, maybe start a startup or eventually want to start a startup um, in tech, right? Then knowing how to code uh, is going to be important and you want to basically use this as your sort of like aim and then how you start, you can, um, I think the, the best approach is just go online, you know, uh, something simple, like go to codecademy.com, uh, take a look at some of their basic like uh, tutorials, you know, work through some of them. And if you feel like, hmm, actually this is pretty interesting and you want to dive deeper, then I would suggest looking for something that is more structured, a more structured course, be it online, part-time or full-time. Uh, again, that depends a lot on your availability. All right, cool. So I think uh, Josh really covered a lot of our questions. Um, we had similar questions coming from uh, Ipocho Frey, uh, Mujahid, and Fazrul. So they, all, all their questions were all, uh, all revolved around how they can start. So I really hope that Josh's answer really um, answered that question for you. So um, the next part of programming is programming, programming languages, right? Mm -hmm. There are a lot of languages there are out there. Yeah. So our next question comes from uh, Partiban Kumarisen. And he asks, what programming language should I learn to be a coder or software engineer? And he's also a beginner and he studied Python. Mm -hmm. So yeah, what kind of language can you learn to be a really good coder or software engineer just to start? Maybe we take a pause. Marif, one, name me all the programming languages you know. Okay, then, <laughs> as far as I know, there's like Python, there's a JavaScript, HTML, CSS, uh, there's React, um, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, so yeah, yeah, those are some cool. of the ones I know. Yeah, yeah so um, a lot of the programming languages, as well as frameworks um, that Ari just mentioned, those are some of the more popular ones today. Um, if we talk about programming languages, there are literally thousands of them. And you know what? I can go home tonight and invent a new programming language. It's not hard. Um, but in terms of like what programming language you want to learn as a beginner, it's a huge debate, you know, like going on um, everywhere, you know, from the industry to universities, everyone is trying to decide what is the best language to start. Um, some people will look, from, look at it from the standpoint of um, what is the most popular programming language. Um, some people will look at it as uh, what is an easier programming language to learn. 
So my point of view is this, when you learn how to code, um, regardless of programming language, it's very easy to jump between languages. So if let's say you learn Python, it's very easy to jump uh, and you know spend one weekend and you learn Ruby uh, and you start getting productive with it. So whatever programming language you choose at the beginning doesn't matter as much. Um, my, uh, but my strong opinion is that you should pick a programming language that is easy to learn. Why easy to learn? You know, um, when, when we talk about education uh, as part of Next Academy, um, education is our, in our DNA, you know, how we teach, the methodology. We have five years of experience, over 20,000 over hours of teaching. Mm -hmm. What is more important than what language to learn is the psychology behind learning. And um, I guess we live in an era where we are used to sort of like instant gratification. So it's very important for us to work with what you know our personality is like. And for most people, I would say 90% of people, when you learn a programming language like C, for example, great language, right? Um, but you have to learn a lot to become productive. And that can sometimes be a huge sort of discouragement to learn. Um, as opposed to learning something like Python or Ruby or JavaScript, you know, PHP is much easier to learn. And you still learn, you know, the important parts about programming. Uh, but because you're able to get results uh, so quickly, you feel more motivated. Uh, so I think like, I think right now, 2019, um, Python, JavaScript, best places to start. I would start with Python before I go on to JavaScript just because JavaScript is a non-blocking programming language. Yep. And it's a bit harder for you know us human beings to sort of reason about non-asynchronous programming languages. Uh, what I mean by asynchronous is that two things can seemingly be happening at the same time. I say seemingly because they're not exactly happening at the same time, but they don't happen in the order that we expect or in the in the order of our instruction. So this can trip up a lot of beginners. Uh, that is JavaScript. Um, so we typically recommend Python to be you know, the first place to start. And then as you know, the basic constructs of programming, then learning JavaScript would be uh, easier. You know? All right. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So our next question. Uh, OK, oh, we actually have a new question. Uh, so we have a new question that just came in. Uh, our question is, do you need to have a degree qualification to be employed as a software developer? No. <laughs> yeah, short answer, no. Um, <laughs> no, but I want to say it carefully as well. Um, so it depends a lot on, on the situation you're in. Um, ultimately, when we talk about opportunities in life, whether it's a job, whether it's whatever, right? It's about salesmanship. Mm -hmm. It's how well you sell yourself. Right. Um, we have seen a lot of people without degrees who become very successful in life. I think the most important skill in life, you know, um, is, is to learn how to sell yourself, right? And then you use the other skills and other abilities that you have to complement yourself. Nothing beats that. Um, and um, in, in the tech industry right now, there is a massive, massive shortage of good developers. So getting a job is not hard, but you must be good at it. Right. Um, and to be good at it, you know, you don't need a degree to be good at it. 
you just need to be a very good sort of like, uh, you need to have good, you know, logical thinking, problem solving ability, and of course, you know how to write and, and ship software. Yeah, actually, um, a lot of uh, what we tell our students, I think, just to add in, we always tell our students um, to really build up their portfolio yeah. so that they can really showcase some of the projects that they've built and they can go to the employer and say, oh, I've built this website, I've built exactly, this website. Exactly. So um, in terms of becoming uh, employed, yeah. uh, a degree wouldn't necessarily be the most important thing. It's not the deciding factor. What really is important is, like you said, uh, the way you sell yourself and yeah. uh, really showcasing the things that you yourself have built. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, moving on to our next question, coming from Chin, uh, uh, C-Y-I-N. I hope I'm saying your name right, Chin. Uh, hope, uh, okay. Your question is, what kind of framework is the most suitable for a beginner to develop responsive web pages and mobile applications? So I assume she wants to build, you know, mobile apps and web apps, so, um, so kind of framework. So I'll probably split this question in two parts, okay. web and mobile. Very, very different. Um, for web, it's uh, straightforward. Um, you learn, I think the quickest way is to learn Bootstrap. Uh, so uh, Bootstrap is a CSS framework written by the company called Twitter. It's an open source framework, so anyone can use it uh, for free. Um, so learning Bootstrap would be great. Uh, basically, learning how you know to use a grid system. Just read through really the Bootstrap documentation. If I don't mistaken, the website is uh, getbootstrap.com. But if you Google Twitter Bootstrap, it would most likely be the very first link. Um, it's it's not hard. Uh, it's actually pretty simple. Um, but you would want to go through the documentation, read the sections on grid layout and stuff like that. Um, the, the, the answer will be more complicated for mobile. Um, you mentioned in the question mobile application. So when we talk about mobile, um, it can be mobile web or mobile app. So mobile web is basically uh, websites that you browse through your mobile browser, like your Chrome or your Safari on your Android or iPhone devices. Um, mobile applications are things that you download from app stores, like the Play Store or Google's uh, app store, uh, Apple's app store. Um, so for mobile, it's pretty much, mobile web is pretty much the same as web, uh, responsive web. Uh, for mobile apps, it depends on how you build it. Uh, did you build it using native technology, um, like using uh, Swift or Objective-C for iOS or Java uh, for Android? And it depends on the IDE that you use as well. So if you coded the app, uh, for iPhone, say using Xcode, uh, the Apple's IDE, then it's a really matter of like, because uh, it's a very visual way to design your things. So it's really about, you know, just kind of like um, first designing it well and then utilizing what Apple uh, through Xcode gave to you to make it responsive. Mm -hmm. um, um, yeah, so that's if you use built native applications. Um, if you build like a, um, a hybrid mobile app, you know, some, using something like Ionic or PhoneGap, or now it's called C uh, Cordova, uh, then yeah, you know, you learn up uh, same, the, the same CSS skill you use to build rep responsive web apps will be the same skills you use to build responsive mobile apps. All right. Yeah. Cool, cool. 
Uh, so um, Yusuf Soy asks, um, I think I think he was looking at our next academy as our website. I think. Yeah. So he asks, uh, why do you teach iOS and not Android in next academy? Is there any plans to start Python? Um, I think um, we can answer this question quite uh, uh, briefly. Actually, we do teach uh, Python. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything to add? We teach Python. Yeah. <laughs> we do teach Python. Um, um, iOS and Android, um, we right now don't have courses for it, uh, but it doesn't mean we wouldn't have. But the reason we used to have iOS uh, uh, boot camps every two months, uh, the reason why we stopped is because we are looking at where the industry is needed. Mm. I think mobile is increasingly important, but native mobile app development may not be the way to go. Um, I'm speculating a bit about the future here. Mm -hmm. But what I believe is this, 90% of the apps that you see on the App Store doesn't require you to use uh, native technology to build those apps. Mm, uh, you could learn how to build those apps using uh, React Native, right? Uh, 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 basically using utilizing JavaScript to build it. Um, so yeah, you know things are rapidly changing in the in, in the in the industry, and we're looking at these trends and really you know making sure that whatever we teach is going to be useful for you for the next five, ten, fifteen years. Right. Uh, that's why you know we don't exactly focus on on uh, native iOS and Android at this point in time. But things will change, you know. Yeah, we'll keep you guys posted. All right, cool. Uh, Nor Hayati also uh, asking a similar question. Um, do you guys teach Python? So yeah, short answer is yes, we do. Uh, she also asks, is it better to learn Python or another language for a beginner? Just learn Python. Yeah, Python is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So moving it's, on. it's used widely, yeah. and it's it's not hard. Mm, okay. Two strong reasons. All right. So we got another question here. Uh, what are some of the habits that you adopt as a coder for ten years? So this obviously comes question for you. Habits. Yeah. Um. Okay, so it really depends on how I integrate habits. Um, but I think uh, it made me a sharper thinker. So like, you know, like um, anything in life, uh, whether it's uh, work, business, or, um, you know, just everything that I do, the way I think changes, uh, changed after I learned how to code. Uh, my attention to detail became greater. But you know, like a lot of times we think about like lofty goals. You know, we think about, oh, you know, I want to get there in life, or I want to be able to afford this, or yeah. I want to be able to achieve this. But we don't know how to get there. Mm -hmm. um, as a coder, you are trained to think about the steps right. in doing things. Right. Um, so that's one good thing that happened. Um, the bad thing that happened is um, coding is extremely addictive to me. Um, so sometimes like, I have a very bad habit with uh, my sleep pattern right. and stuff like that. So yeah, <laughs> that's good or bad. Yeah. I think just to add in, um, when it comes to coding, it's really important. Like, also, we tell this to our students. It's really important to uh, take a big problem and then break it down to like smaller, smaller problems. And then you can tackle each problem, uh, each smaller problem more effectively. Yeah. And then uh, the outcome is that you will be able to solve the whole thing yeah. by breaking down the problem to small, smaller stuff. So yeah, that's I think one good habit that every coder should have. Yeah, and I think another habit is like, I understand the power of um, technology and automation and software. Mm -hmm. So everywhere I go, I see opportunities. 
I see opportunities on how this could be monetized, mm. how this could be solved, or you know, how can we solve a lot of the problems that we face day to day, as well as bigger, you know, more macro problems. Uh, but the only issue is there's not enough time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, moving on. So a lot of our um, questions that came in, they want to know how they can become a good programmer. Mm. So we have a question coming from Brandon1910. He asks, what's the motivation to be a better programmer? What what's, motivates uh, someone to be a really good at programming? Um, what I motivated think, you to become a good programmer? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I'm trying to like sort of like zoom back to my past. Um, Learning how to code was an up and down journey for me. Um, I, you know, I had some programming classes in, in school, and so that was very forced. Um, I didn't enjoy it when it was so forced. Because, um, you know, university, you have to pass a class, otherwise your GPA becomes shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, so the motivation wasn't exactly right. Um, so I don't, I don't think I really benefited a lot from uh, my coding classes in school, in, in formal education. Um, but after uni, um, I saw the possibilities, you know, like I spoke to people in the tech industry, I look at what they do on a day-to-day basis, and my motivation came from the, uh, a picture of who I want to be, right? Um, Right, um, I've always been into entrepreneurship uh, since I was uh, younger. And so I felt like, uh, you know, like learning how to code, especially at that point when I was at a very young age, you know, 20, early 20s, um, I believe that that skill would help me, you know, even if I failed my first, like, startup or venture, like I have the skill to start again. Mm. That drove me to learn how to code. And you know what? At the end of the day, you know, like, as much as I was very optimistic, there was also, you know, some days when I wake up and I'm like, what if everything fails? Mm. Exactly, exactly why coding is so great. Because like you have a skill to fall back on right. to get a pretty decent job as a software developer. So it's like, for me, it was like, best case, you know, like make it big, right? Yeah. <laughs> Worst case, you still have a very, very good job. So mm. like nothing to be said about. Right. Um, yeah. That, that was my motivation. You have to discover your own motivation. But first of all, try to understand what you can do, the possibilities of programming. You can trade Bitcoin automatically. You can automate your life better. You can get a good job. You can you know, start things, uh, start projects. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, so our next question comes from SilverRay25. And he asks, should I join a bootcamp? Well, if you ask me, we are running a boot camp, so yeah. I'm going to say yes. yes. <laughs> so <laughs> join the boot camp. Um, just to add in, um, going back to the question where uh, is uh, an, a formal education good enough for you to before you become a software developer, right? Mm -hmm. Actually, uh, a lot of our students who come to Next Academy, they just join the boot camp, and after that 10 weeks of uh, becoming to, uh, learning to become a uh, full stack web developer, a lot of them get hired by these big, big companies to um, become a uh, back-end programmer or a software engineer. Yeah. So it's all about, um, uh, again, like I said, building up your portfolio. If you can showcase the things that you've built within that 10 weeks of that bootcamp, mm -hmm. you can, your, the chances of being employed is, is really, really high. Mm -hmm. So that's why, personally, I think 
um, you should join a boot camp because a boot camp can really um, give you that intense learning experience that a lot of um, a lot of universities don't. Because I mean, we run a, a full stack web development course for ten weeks, right? And universities, the computer science is like three years or four years. Yeah. So within that ten weeks, you can really learn a lot, and it's really really intense. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, maybe on top of that, like also to be a bit objective. Mm -hmm. um, so there are many, many different ways to learn how to code. We actually love uh, students. A lot of our students actually try to learn how to code on their own uh, through you know, online courses as well, um, and maybe some other programs that are less structured. Mm -hmm. uh, why Next Academy's Bootcamp is great is because we design in such a way that it's very structured. Um, as a beginner, oftentimes, you don't know how to start. Yeah. You don't know what to learn. And all these things take time to figure out. Um, on average, someone who tries to sort of like self-learn, learn online or from some online courses, they take on average two to three years mm. to learn something. Right. The bootcamp is designed in such a way that you can learn extremely fast in a guided environment. So if you have questions, you're stuck, you have someone to help you. The speed and think about the two three years, right? Um, of what you could do with that two three years if you knew how to code. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So our next question comes from Chu Yang. Um, is the two weeks? So her question is regarding our course lab, basically. Yeah. Is the two weeks bootcamp for front end web development really enough for one to get a job after that? Um, yes, but depends on what job. Um, so. The first two weeks of the program, uh, for those who don't know, it's basically our front-end program. Uh, you learn HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. Um, so you learn how to build websites. Um, with this knowledge, you can work in, for example, a role like uh, working as a website developer at an agency. Uh, so soft agencies like software houses or design firms, you know, let's say a property developer wants to launch a new sort of like property, they would hire agencies to build like websites to showcase their project. Mm -hmm. uh, so you could work in that capacity, you know, as a, as a website uh, developer or builder um, in, in these agencies. Uh, but on top of that, you know, that skill will help you to uh, build websites for clients potentially. Um, yeah, so it's definitely more than enough. Uh, it just depends how far you want to get into. Uh, so the first two weeks is great if you want to build websites, and then if you take you if you take the whole course, you learn how to build web applications, which is different from websites. Mm -hmm. Websites are static brochures, right. basically they're brochures but online. Yeah, web applications are full fledged applications. So we're talking about Facebook.com, Lazada.com, e-commerce. There's business logic behind it. Uh, that those are web applications, right? So um, to, to add on, um, she's asking the two weeks bootcamp. So if you feel that you know two weeks is a bit too short and it's like you couldn't um, you know commit for that two weeks that really intense, we're actually launching um, a, a part-time platform. Um, so where students can learn at their own pace. Yeah. So yeah, we'll get into that in more detail in just a second. Yeah. Super right. excited for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So uh, next question comes from uh, Farul Rosi. Uh, what is the best foundation should um, What is the best foundation should I have to become a good programmer? 
What's the best foundation? Yeah. Um, understanding. Um, so I think our education system has trained us in such a way that we are very good at taking exams. Mm -hmm. You know, we do pass your questions yeah. or we do what. And for, for some of us, you know, we may have graduated from school for, for a very long time now. But those habits that we were taught from school days actually affect us in our adulthood. Yeah. Yeah. As a programmer, you want to be good. The more, most important thing um, to, to be good at is understanding how things work. Um, and, you know, rather than, okay, if I want to create this button, I will memorize the steps on how mm. to do it. Don't do that. Yeah. You know? Understand why these steps, mm. right? And you don't even have to remember the steps because you understand it, you can do it easily. So understanding how systems work, uh, the flow, right? So if you can, you always, when you learn something, you draw out the flow, you know, uh, kind of like repeat it to yourself. Um, that will make you a very good programmer. Well, um, just to add on, we always tell our students that um, what is most important is the analytical skill and the problem-solving skills. Yeah. Like Josh said, uh, programming is not about memorizing lines of code and, and then like implementing it and hoping, hoping that you know, whatever outcome that you wanted to achieve you know, yeah. that pops up. You know? So you really, like you said, understand uh, what exactly um, problem you're trying to solve and how exactly you can get there step by step. Yeah, and so for example, in our in our bootcamp, yeah, um, we actually design in such a way that is very challenge driven. Mm -hmm. yeah. So students are actually kind of like, to some extent, thrown to the deep end, right, right? Right. They have to figure out how to solve problems. Yes. And basically, we don't give them everything up front, right? And then all they have to do is just repeat what yeah. we taught them. They actually have to figure it out. That's why a lot of our graduates come out to be so good. Yep. All right. Uh, next question comes from uh, BCE05. Uh, is it guaranteed that I will know how to code after three months of bootcamp? No. No, yeah. We, <laughs> you, we would love to say that you will become a full-fledged, awesome uh, programmer after three months, but in life, you can't really guarantee anything. What we can say probably is that you would have at least the the foundations. Mm -hmm. um, you can you have, you'll be able to master the foundations of uh, programming, and you will. All, I think we can say that you would be market ready yeah. to get into the workforce. Yeah, I think what is also important is for people to understand um, the bell curve, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I think everyone to some extent knows what the bell curve is. Um, if you don't, basically, it's this curve, yeah. right? And then um, people on this side of the graph, right? Cameras that side. So like if you're on this side of the graph, you're like extremely smart, extremely capable. Yeah. And we all have friends like that. You know, like they don't study for exams, but they do so well in exams. Mm -hmm. These are the people on the right side of the curve. And then you have majority of people who kind of like falls in the center, right? Um, so these are people um, uh, that I want to address. And then there will also be people on the left side, which may take a little more time to learn. Um, so whether you are guaranteed to get a job um, after three months depends a lot on you yourself as an individual. The biggest uh, fact, the two biggest factors I can, I can point out is um, good with logical thinking to begin with. Yeah. Um, so we, before we, uh, before you join our programs, you can either self-assess yourself or you, you can ask us to assess you 
um, basically we give you some puzzles to solve, uh, and then you know from there we give you feedback on where we think you are. And for us, we'll be very transparent with you. If we feel like maybe you're not ready to join the bootcamp just yet, the three months bootcamp, um, then we would tell you, right? Because we don't want to take your money. Yeah. We don't want to take away your three months, and then when you graduate from from the bootcamp and you're not happy about it, because you're not happy, we're also not happy. We're building an education institution that will last for decades, right? Mm-hmm. And for that, you know, we need to make sure that our graduates come up well as well. Okay. So first factor, you know, good with logical thinking. The second thing is really the dedication. Um, Albert Einstein once famously said, it's not that I'm smarter, but it's because I stick with problems longer. Mm. Um, and I think that makes a huge difference. Um, naturally, I think for a lot of us, we give up yeah. quite easily. Quite um, fast, yeah. I think I'm human, you know, we are all humans. You know, I understand the, the, the problems. I faced it myself. But this is where it makes all the difference, the choices that we make every day, right? Do we want to wake up and say, you know what, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to push. I'm going to work hard. This will make you a successful person, regardless of whether it's programming or something else. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, so Jeffrey Ng asks, this is a quite an interesting question. How can coding relate to marketing? Mm-hmm. Um, to be frank, in this day and age, um, Marketing has evolved a lot, right? We're talking a lot about digital marketing these days. Yeah. And when we talk about digital marketing, um, there are many, many different aspects of digital marketing. Um, so, you know, there is the part where you don't really need to know how to code, like, like logic Facebook ads and stuff like that. Um, but what is increasingly important this day and age, if it's not already the most important thing, is to be very data-driven. And to be data-driven, you need to be able to track data to begin with. Yeah. Um, and so to implement tracking, um, most usually you, you definitely need to know how to, to know how to code. Um, so if you know how to code, you know how to implement tracking tools and you know, from there, um, like that's why you need to use code in marketing as well. Um, but you know, marketing is a lot broader than that. So I can give one example. So at Next Academy, we're not just an education institution, um, increasingly so we're becoming more of a venture company. So right. we, we launch our own projects and mm-hmm. products. Um, and I can give one example of a product that we launched. It's basically an events uh, website. You know, there's a bunch of events and people can um, register for these events and pay for these events. Um, so how do you get more people to register and pay for events? One way, go out there, tell people about the events. Another way is um, you, you know, when people come to your site, you get them to subscribe, right? Mm-hmm. Like in their email and stuff like that. And then every time you have a new event, you message them. So what we did was we collected email addresses and every time a new event is posted, this event information are automatically sent to the subscribers without us having to lift a finger. And that's how we increase, you know, the number of um, registrants and paid registrants per event, right? And that's how we grow as a business, Mm -hmm. you know, um, help the organizers, you know, as an organization, we also collect uh, our our top line will grow. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So coding. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, we have a new question that came in to us. The best, what is the best programming language that we should learn to be a software engineer? 
Um, so we kind of addressed this a bit earlier, yeah, a bit. but um, Python, you know, yeah. in short, start with Python, two reasons. Uh, a lot of companies use it for multiple reasons, whether it's web development, whether it's building uh, desktop applications or doing uh, uh, machine learning. Um, and so a lot of companies use it. The second reason is it's easier than a lot of other programming languages. All right. Uh, so, okay, another, oh, another question. Okay, uh, when you learn web developing, uh, how do you overcome imposter syndrome? Um, I think this, this um, um, there has been a big discussion around this uh, at a lot of sort of like meetups. Um, I think the big thing is as you do more and more, you know, as you start coding more and more, um, your level of confidence will grow. Um, it's something that will go away after some time. Um, but in the meantime, you know, like I think, um, as first accepting it, you know, accepting that, you know, it's, it's part of the process to feel like an imposter or you want to, you know, like, you know, kind of like fake it till you make it. Right. Um, Wait, uh, what exactly is, for some people who don't know, what, can you just explain what imposter syndrome actually means? Right. Um, so imposters basically mean like your, uh, well, the best way to to explain it is like faking it. Mm -hmm. You know, you feel you either feel like you're faking it, right. or you are intentionally faking it. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's really part of the sort of like journey um, in everything that we do, um, especially when we're new to something. You know, we we feel like we maybe we have to fake it, or sometimes we feel like. Um, or sometimes you're not consciously faking it, but you're um, sort of like imitating someone, mm -hmm. right? Uh, imitating someone who is successful in, in your career right. or who you want to be. Um, I think, you know, first thing, just accept it, you know, as part of the process, but don't let it be, you know, something that would stop you from progressing. And also don't let it sort of like, uh, um, like affect you too much. Um, over the years, as you start doing, you know, the same craft more and more, uh, your confidence, you know, develops. You become more of an individual rather than trying to be someone else. Um, but yeah, I think everyone goes through that. It's a very human, human thing. Mm. Okay. Um, next question, uh, again from Pratibhan Kumarisen. Um, he asked, what is the best programming language that someone learn to be a coder? So I think we've already addressed this, um, Python. Python, Python is really is Python first choice, JavaScript second yeah. choice. Okay, next question coming from Ilham Ilham Chip Sono. I think you're from the north or something. I don't know. Okay, any advice on what would be the first step to prepare to be a good programmer, and how does one go about choosing between uh, back end, front end, and data mining? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the best way to prepare to become a programmer, I think, you know what, um, register for a program, right? You don't have to sign up first, you don't have to pay first, but schedule assessments with us, yeah. right? Uh, we evaluate your thought process. Um, and when we evaluate your thought process, we give you feedback on how ready you are to immediately start learning how to code, or maybe you should spend a bit more time sharpening that problem solving mm -hmm. and logical thinking skills. Yeah. Um, if you don't want to do that, we will also be launching a self-assessment so people can assess you know, how 
ready they are uh, to learn how to code. Uh, but you know, basically the gist of it is you want to make sure that your problem-solving ability, like basically puzzles and stuff like that, you're good at it mm -hmm. um, before you jump like head first into code. Uh, yes. um, the, the second next, part yeah. was uh, how do you choose between front, back, machine learning? Uh, data mining. Oh, data mining. Yeah. Um, I think don't decide. Mm -hmm. um, if, if you're young, if you're in your 20s and stuff like that, I think don't decide. You know, like just keep your options open. Uh, the beauty of like programming is that the fundamentals are the same. Mm -hmm. um, you know, then you start specializing. So start off with the fundamentals. Don't specialize. Do a little bit of all, um, and then from there you'll find inclination. Because what I believe about like success in life is you need to love what you're doing. And if you choose a career based on uh, what sounds sexy or what your friend is doing, um, it may not always end up being the best choice. The best way to figure out what you can be good at is actually to do it, mm -hmm. right? Uh, do it for a couple months consistently and then you will discover what you really like. And because you like it when you deep dive, you become um, very good at it. And mm -hmm. when you're good at it, it translates a lot to right. career and opportunities. All right. So, um, so that's, that's, that's it. Uh, we've, come, we've ran out of questions. So uh, thanks, guys, for joining us. Um, but before we end, Josh, do you want to like, tell, the, uh, tell the good folks that joined us about our new part-time platform, part platform that we're currently launching? Yep. Um, so next Academy, you know, historically, we have been doing full-time programs, uh, full like nine, 10 weeks program for the past five years. Yep. You know, we have graduated thousands of people um, through many, many different intakes. A lot of them, if you go to any tech companies in Malaysia, you'll likely find an next Academy graduate. Uh, Singapore, you'll find a lot as well. Um, but, you know, over the years, we also realized that there are a lot of people who can never sort of like quit their job or take the yeah. job or they're not ready for, you know, to sort of like leave whatever they're doing yeah. and commit completely uh, for 10 weeks. Yeah. And, you know, our goal is to really to build up the ecosystem, you know, and to build up the ecosystem, basically we need a lot of problem solvers out there. You know, people building companies, people working at these companies to build a bigger product, right? That's how the Apples, the Facebook, the Instagram, the Tencent and you know uh, of, of the worlds become those companies and now you know a big part of our mission you know moving forward is to help as many people as possible to give this opportunity to as many people as possible to learn and uh, that brings us to our part-time program uh, part, the part-time program has always been very difficult we knew there was a massive demand for it there are a lot of other education players who do it as their first program we never believe in part-time program, right? Because we don't believe it can be effective. But now, you know, like we have found a way to make it as rigorous, as complete as our full-time program, right? Um, and so, you know, with that, we are launching our part-time program. Uh, the first uh, class is going to start around next month. Mm -hmm. um, basically, how it will work is you'll get full access to all the lessons and all the challenges yep. online. Yep. But on top of that, every day for one hour, there will be a live mentoring session. So you can tune in, you can ask questions, get it answered anytime uh, during that one hour period. Yeah. 
you can also ask questions outside of that one hour period, and then you know if someone is available, you'll get an answer. The best part is the Saturday component. Mm -hmm. So you can come any or every Saturday, right, of the duration of the program. So um, let's say you join the full stack, full time, uh, sorry, full stack program. Uh, that's about how many weeks? Um, 40, yeah, 40, 50 40, weeks. Yeah. You can come all 40 Saturdays, Saturdays or some Saturdays. It's up to you based on how your progress is. You have to decide. Um, but when you come for the Saturday program, it's a lot about mentorship, right? So our mentors, they are the ones who build real software. They are the ones who are building startups and projects and stuff like that. Uh, they are there to guide you, to help you uh, technically as well as, um, you know, sort of like explain to you why do we do things a certain way or help you debug. Right. It could be as simple as that or help, help clarify an understanding of a certain concept that you don't. That's the Saturday part. And it's, it's still a structured program. Mm -hmm. So there is a sort of like personalized schedule for you, right, to follow. Uh, but you can do it even faster yeah. if you want to finish it fast. Yeah, it's really, so the, the, I, I think that the whole um, point of launching this part-time uh, program was to really cater to those who really could not commit to a full-time uh, course for like 10 weeks or even two weeks because yeah. people just couldn't like leave their jobs. And we didn't want to make them feel that like they were left out or anything. Yeah. We wanted to uh, make, uh, let them know that even though you have a you know a busy schedule with your job and stuff, you can still learn programming. And that's what this whole part-time course is all about. So is in and also because it's all online, right? We can not uh, all online. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, yeah, yeah. So the most um, like Monday to Friday is like online, and Saturday yeah. is like the online mentoring, right? I mean, the on-site mentoring. Yeah, it really allows um, students to uh, learn at their own pace. Yeah, and um, uh, when they're learning at their own pace, they can have their own progress. Yeah. And yeah, so that's what our, um, I feel like our part-time progress is really trying to cater to. Yeah, 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 definitely. Like now, you know, people can keep their jobs mm -hmm. and you know, potentially transition into a tech role yeah. uh, in, in six months or one year. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. So I think that is, that is it for us. Um, thank you guys for joining us on our live webinar Q&A session. We will always be having um, Q&As like this um, every Wednesday. So yeah. Uh, check us out. Thank you for joining us. My name is Arif. I'm Josh. See you Everyone. guys soon. <laughs>